Okay. Well, welcome back to True Crime Trine, the podcast where the planets align. Three friends talk about true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit we can fit into this podcast. We are your host, Hannah. And Meredith. And we are down a host today. She's having a really bad day. A really bad week, so, you know, big good vibes towards Sarah. Yeah. In the cleanup. Housekeeping? Housekeeping. I forgot. So we are now at 2,041 listens. Oh my god. Which is cool. It could be more cool. Uh, yes. Let's get some more listens. Let me social media better. And then I'm not sure if we've welcomed Norway yet. <gasps> Norway! But if not, welcomen. Ah, yes. They have surpassed our friends in Canada and Algeria, so they are number two. Oh, hi, friends. Norwegian friends. Love it. So. It's episode 31. Woo! Just so everyone knows, 31. So I'm not going to lie. I wanted to do a shorter story this week. It was my intention because we had Hannah's monster monster story and then Sarah's story that will be published next week, which you guys haven't heard yet or have heard when you hear this one. Anywho, don't worry about it. Anyways, I <laughs> wanted a shorter story, but I started my research and this rabbit hole turned into this gaping black hole. So, oh, we got a gaper. I'm not sure about you, but my news feeds are filled with funny cat videos and, of course, all things relating to murder, whether I like it or not. Yeah. And recently, there was a news article posted that sparked my attention on October 28th of 2021, the state of Oklahoma executed a death row inmate by lethal injection. All right. Still doing it. And if you need a refresher on lethal injection and you haven't listened to episode six on Richard Cooey, a.k.a. Gooey Dick, that episode is where Hannah taught us all about the lethal injection process. So check that out if you haven't listened to it or listen again. Remind yourself. But after reading this article, I thought, hmm, who else has been executed this year? I don't know. Do I have to guess? No. <laughs> it's a little morbid, I know, but to be fair, this is a true crime podcast. I mean, so Sarah did send, did she send this to you too? She might have just sent it on Instagram. It was a, a story about this guy in prison, some convict who has now killed two pedophiles by beating them to death with his cane. <gasps> It's fantastic, I was like, actually. you know, the story's kind of heartwarming. It is. I mean, I can get behind that. I'm not mad. No, me neither. Good use of a cane. So, whether referred to as the death penalty or capital punishment, the effect is the same, right? Death. Death. And it is an execution of an offender who has been sentenced to death after being convicted of a criminal offense in a court of law. I mentioned in episode three for Wesley Allen Dodd that the death penalty can be quite controversial. Advocates against the death penalty like the ACLU or the American Civil Liberties Union seek to abolish the death penalty based on the belief that it violates the constitutional ban against cruel and unusual punishment and the guarantees of due process of law and of equal protection under the law. So many of the arguments against the death penalty are based on 5th, 8th, and 14th Amendment rights. However, it does seem that many Americans are still in favor of the death penalty because according to an April 2021 survey by Pew Research Center, 6 in 10 U.S. adults are still in favor of the death penalty for convicted murderers. Interesting. I am not. I'll just throw that out there, but... For this episode, I'm not going to go into the pros or cons or my personal beliefs on the death penalty. 
Instead, what I'm going to be focusing on are the nine inmates that have been executed in the United States so far in 2021. All right. So this is going to be jam-packed with information. Plus, you need to go back and listen to episode three and six. You have homework. Yes, because all nine that have been put to death so far have been by lethal injection. I'm not even sure if there's another way that right now. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. I got some fun information for you. Okay. The first three executions, there's some political disputes about those, but we're not going to talk anything about that for the purpose of this podcast since Uh it's... True crime and not politically based. We'll do a politics podcast later. <laughs> no, we won't. No. <laughs> we definitely will not do that. Hard, hard, hard pass. <laughs> of the 50 states and Washington, D.C., 24 states have the death penalty. Three currently have moratoriums on the death penalty. And 23 have abolished the death penalty. So the legal states are Alabama. Bama. Arizona. Arizona. Not surprising. Sorry. <laughs> Arkansas. Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Wyoming. I actually didn't know that California had abolished the death penalty. I'm really not paying attention. (laughs) California is in a moratorium currently. Ah, I do feel like we might have voted on that. Oh, like just recently? I mean, in the last, since I moved back here and voted in California. Okay. So of the states where it's legal, lethal injection is generally the primary method for execution. However, some states still have a couple other options. Like Alabama has... Electrocution and nitro hypoxia. Ooh. Which I'm going to look up real quick because I forgot to do that last night at 11 p.m. <laughs> Fair enough. I feel like don't choose the electric chair. Yeah. Because they haven't used, I feel like I heard a story about someone trying to be contrary choosing the electric chair and then it going horribly awry because they hadn't used the electric chair for like 30 years. Mm hmm. And they brought it back out. Nobody really knew what to do with it. And it was all a disaster, which, you know. They're like, how does this shit work? Lethal injection is not a walk in the park either. No. If you have a prison employee sticking you in the arm with an IV, who who knows what's going to happen? I'll cover one of the cases where some stuff happened. We'll just say that. (laughs) Okay. So nitrogen hypoxia, and the prisoner would breathe pure nitrogen, which then deprives his or her body of oxygen and then causes asphyxiation. It's supposed to be pretty chill, I think, if you get if you shot yourself in a room with the liquid nitrogen in an accident. It feels like maybe it would be quick. I don't know. Quick? And I'm not sure if you notice, like, you don't notice in time to notice that you're dying. Okay. I would choose that one, to be honest. Okay. Over lethal injection? Yeah. So Arkansas and Florida also have electrocution along with Kentucky. Mississippi, however, you have four options. Lethal injection, nitrogen hypoxia, electrocution, or the firing squad. Oh my god, the fire... Oh, I I picked the firing squad. Uh, (laughs) That's my favorite. Missouri uh, has lethal gas, which it didn't say like which particular gas, but maybe it's still the nitrogen. Nitrogen? Yeah, who knows? And does anyone still have hanging? No. Okay. Washington used to because that's how we got rid of Wesley Allen Dodd. But no, hanging is no longer one of the choices. I feel like Utah had it and some guy wanted to be a dick on his way out and chose hanging. And then after that, they're like, we're going to make a law to take hanging off the books. Yeah, so Utah is either lethal injection or firing squad. And then one of the states that I found interesting was South Carolina is the only state that uses electrocution as its primary method. And then you have firing squad or lethal injection. Okay. And then for the three states that are in a current moratorium on the death penalty is 
California, Oregon, and Pennsylvania. For California, on March 13th of 2019, Governor Newsom issued the moratorium on the death penalty, which is effective for the duration of his term, and this gave a temporary reprieve to 737 death row inmates, and it closed down the execution chamber at San Quentin, and then stopped the state's effort to create constitutional lethal injection. Okay. In Oregon in 2011, Governor Kitzhaber, I don't know if I said that right, (laughs) placed a moratorium on execution, and then his term ended in December of 2015, where Governor Kate Brown, who succeeded him, then stated she would continue the moratorium during her tenure as governor. And Pennsylvania, on February 13th of 2015, their governor, Tom Wolf, declared the death penalty moratorium for their state. So, all the, I'm not going to name the states, but all the rest of the states, it is now illegal. However, there were some interesting tidbits about it. So, Hawaii, hey, Titi. Hey! They abolished the death penalty in 1957 before becoming a U.S. state. Oh, cool. And in Maine, which I thought was pretty interesting, the legislature abolished the death penalty in 1876, reinstated it in 1883, and then abolished it again in 1887. So I'm curious, like, who was being bad between 83 and Oh my god, yeah, they're like, okay, wait a minute, we gotta open this window just a smidge. Just a little bit. And then we'll shut it again. Yes. And then for Vermont, I thought this was kind of interesting. The legislature effectively abolished capital punishment in 1965 unless a warden, a prison employee, or a law enforcement officer was murdered. Vermont's jurors never opted to use this during sentencing, and so legislators removed that exception in 1987. Vermont law still allows for execution for treason, but the DOJ considers Vermont to have no capital punishment. When's the last time someone's got charged with treason? I'm glad you asked. Oh, okay. So also, one of my coworkers had asked about this, and he's a history, you know, fanatic. Yeah. And so I did look it up, and in the United States, William Bruce Mumford is the only person to be charged and executed for treason in the United States. William was a North Carolinian native who was residing in New Orleans. He was hung on June 7th of 1862 for tearing down a United States flag during the American Civil War. Interesting. Okay. My thought on it was like he probably spent a little bit too much time at the pub and was walking home and like tripped and tried to like catch his fall and caught a flag and then got hung for it. But that was my theory. I don't really know what happened. My theory could go start the same at a bar, walking home belligerent and be like, oh, but I'm, look at that flag. I'm going to just rip it off. I can't yeah. do a very good belligerent accent. Wow. Okay. That's barely anything. I know. We should start executing all those people that wear uh, American flag speedos. Yes. <laughs> I would be pro that. I'm fine it's with gross. that. It's super <laughs> gross and stop it. So Virginia in 2021 actually was the most recent to abolish the death penalty. And in their history, they are actually the first recorded execution in an English American colony. And it occurred in 1608. Virginia then became the first southern state to abolish the death penalty this year. Oh, And okay. if you kind of look at the map, there's a, a clear pattern, we'll just say. Fair, yes. So I am going to give you a brief overview of each of these individuals who were convicted. If any of them are of interest to our listeners, let us know, and I will go back in and I will do a deeper dive. So these are not like full on, I've looked at it, right? (laughs) I've tried to provide some of the more important information or the more interesting information, but this was, this is not a deep dive into these. But if you find them interesting, let us know. I will do a deeper dive, except for the first execution. I will not do a deeper dive into that case. Ooh, it's going to be a bad one. It's, yeah, it's bad. 
So the following are all of the people that have been executed by lethal injection this year. The first, January 13th, 2021, at the United States Penitentiary in Terre Haute, Indiana, and this is a federal case, Lisa Marie Montgomery was executed. Montgomery was convicted of kidnapping, resulting in death, which is a federal offense. Oh, didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. On December 16th, and trigger warning on this one, this is fucking gross, and this is why I will not do a deeper dive into this one, but the bare minimum that I can provide to you is that on December 16th of 2004, Montgomery entered the home of her friend, Bobby Joe Stinnett. Montgomery strangled Bobby Joe and then cut her unborn child <gasps> from the womb, which is why I will not be Lisa. doing a deeper dive. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Montgomery was arrested the following day on December 17th of 2004, and thankfully the baby girl, who was named Victoria, she survived. Oh, wow. Thank goodness. But still, like, I'm just, I can't talk about that stuff. No, this is real child. Yeah, no, it's bad. But on October 22nd of 2007, Montgomery was found guilty, and on October 26th of 2007, she was sentenced to death. Montgomery spent 13 years, 2 months, and 18 days on death row before her execution. She is the first female federal prisoner to be executed since 1953, and the first female executed in the United States since 2015. Okay. We're starting off with a a woman. Mm -hmm. Equal rights. When, so I have last words. I tried to do last words Uh, and last meal. Yes. If you have it. Yeah. Yeah. If they had it. So when Montgomery was asked if she had any last words, she simply replied, no. And that was it. And her last meal is unknown. I think only two of them I've got last meals for. Okay. The second execution happened on January 14th of 2021, again at the United States Penitentiary in Terre Haute, Indiana. Well, since they were, you know, they had it going. Yeah. It's also a federal case, and this is Corey Johnson. Between 1989 and 1993, Johnson, along with James Roan and Richard Tipton, were involved in a substantial drug trafficking scheme near Richmond, Virginia. During the period of operation, these three men obtained wholesale quantities of cocaine, converted it into crack cocaine, packaged it, and then delivered it through a network of about 30 to 40 street-level dealers. So they've had a business, we'll say. They definitely had a business going. From January 1992 through February 1992, Johnson, Tipton, and Renault were implicated in 10 murders within the Richmond area. In a month? Two mm-hmm. months max? Yeah, like little over a month. That's still like one a, more than one a week. I know. Most of the victims were thought to be involved in the drug trafficking operation. Victims were suspected of treachery or misfeasance. Treason. Or some, right? <laughs> <laughs> or some sort of disrespect to them. And then some of the victims were competitors. Oh, In 1993, Johnson was convicted of capital murder in the deaths of Peyton Johnson, Lewis Johnson, Dorothy Armstrong, Anthony Carter, Bobby Long, Linwood Chili's, I'm not sure if that one's right, and Curtis Thorne. Johnson was also convicted of engaging in continuing criminal enterprise, 11 counts of committing acts of violence in the aid of racketeering activities. So there's some RICO statutes in there. Yeah. Five counts of using a firearm in relation to a violent or drug-related offense, two counts of possession of cocaine with the intent to distribute, and then Johnson spent over 27 years on death row before his execution. His last words were, no, I'm okay. (laughs) And then looking towards his family, love you, which that one gets me a little bit. Yeah. His last meal was pizza and a strawberry milkshake. And he ordered donuts but never received them. (gasps) Donuts and pizza and a milkshake is what I want to eat when I'm on my period. (laughs) (laughs) Like that first day when everything is terrible and I ask Mm -hmm. you for beer money, like that's pizza, a milkshake, Mm -hmm. and donuts. Yeah, for sure. And then after reading this, then I was like craving donuts and I wanted 
you have Krispy Kreme, right? Not nearby. I don't know where the closest one is. So we have Krispy Kremes, and I know a lot of people love just their standard donut, but my favorite is a chocolate cake donut. I like the cake donuts. Oh, it's heaven. I love that donut. I really wanted a donut last week, but I went to a grocery store that was too bougie. And I'm like, would you like a croissant? Would you like another French thing? I don't know what it is. (laughs) I want a donut. (laughs) Doing a goddamn maple bar. Jesus, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, man, a cake donut with sprinkles on it? Give me that. Heck yeah. Moving on. Third, on January 16th, 2021, again at the United States Penitentiary in Terre Haute, Indiana, was Dustin John Higgs. Higgs' case was quite a bit more controversial because he did not physically commit the murders. Mm. But the prosecution argued that Higgs had ordered the murders. And I was talking to one of my coworkers about this because I forced them to listen to me talk about murder. <laughs> Do they also listen to the podcast or? No, this is my counterpart and she she will support us any way that she possibly can, mm. but she will never, ever, ever listen. But I bring up topics and she'll still like discuss them with me, but she's not going to listen to okay, the podcast, which is fine. But she has liked us uh, Apple podcast, so or oh, given yeah. us a five star. Rate and review, folks. Yes. When I was telling her about this case, she brought up, what's the dude? Manson. Manson. <laughs> Listeners, she was just making a weird hand motion on her, uh, by her forehead, and I got it. It's a Manson. Hannah gets me and my weird <laughs> trivia when I can't think of Manson. Uh, you know, it's a great argument in this case, right? Because Manson also didn't commit any of his murders, I don't think, and he had his followers do it, so. Well, we can go to David Arnold Brown, that dumbass. Mm-hmm. He didn't actually murder his wife, but he was involved in the conspiracy to murder his wife, which was basically the same thing. Yeah, exactly. But for Mr. Higgs, on January 26th of 1996, Higgs, along with his friends Willis Mark Haynes and Victor Gloria, picked up three young ladies, Tamika Black, Tanji Jackson, and Mishan Chin. The group went back to Higgs' apartment to party. After an argument, the three girls ended up leaving. Higgs, Haynes, and Gloria went to offer the girls a ride home. Oh, so nice. Instead of actually taking them home, they drove to, and I'm going to mess up this name. It's spelled P-A-T-U-X-E-N-T. I'm going to call it, I don't know what I'm going to call it. That's how you spell it. It's a (laughs) research refuge center. And it is on federally owned land, so that's why this is a federal case. And he ordered the three girls to get out of his van, and then Haynes, not Higgs, but Haynes exited the vehicle and then killed all three of the girls with a thirty-eight caliber pistol. So Higgs was questioned in March of 1996, and he did tell police that he knew Tanji, and he had spoken to her the night that that she had died, but that was kind of where they left it. Higgs, however, was already under investigation for unrelated bank fraud charges. So they arrested him, and then they searched his apartment, and they found cocaine and firearms. More things to arrest you for. Exactly. And this was not a small amount of cocaine, because then he was taken into custody and sentenced to 17 years in prison for the possession with the intent to distribute. So I'm guessing it was a lot of cocaine. Yeah. In October of 1998, so a couple years later, Gloria and Haynes were arrested on unrelated drug charges. Police were able to obtain more information about the night the girls murdered. So my guess is they were like, hey, maybe don't arrest us or don't give us a long sentence and we'll tell you about what happened that night. But Higgs and Haynes were indicted by a federal grand jury, and Higgs was currently serving his sentence for drug trafficking. They were tried separately, so November 22nd of 2000, Gloria, Victor Gloria, he pleaded guilty to accessory after the fact and then provided testimony against Higgs and Haynes, Mm -hmm. and Gloria received a sentence of seven years in prison and then was paroled in 2006 after serving around five. Actually more than I thought he would get. 
Yeah, me too. And then on August 24th of 2000, Haynes, who was the actual shooter in this case, was convicted on three counts of first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison without parole plus 45 years. Why did he not get the death penalty is the real question here. Exactly. I mean, there's got to be more to it. Again, like I said, not a super deep dive, but... On October 26th of 2006, Higgs was also convicted on three counts of first-degree murder, but he was sentenced to death. Weird. Higgs spent just over 14 years on death row before his execution. However, he had been in prison already for... He spent a lot of time at the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. His last words were... First, I'd like to say I am an innocent man. I am not responsible for their deaths, and I did not order the murders. And his last meal is unknown. Interesting. I would have probably swapped the sentencings. Right? Yeah. That's why I think, I don't know, some of these cases do deserve a deeper dive because I had a lot of questions. But again, like I said, not the focus of this particular episode. So on... May 19th of 2021 at the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville, so this is a state case, Quentin Philip or Felipe, I'm not sure, (laughs) Jones was executed. On September 11th of 1999, Jones killed his 83-year-old great aunt, Berthina Bryant, with a baseball bat after she had refused to give him money for drugs. Oh, Berthina. I know. Jones admitted to being high at the time of the crime, and he did show a great amount of remorse for his great aunt's death. This is a case where he's high on drugs, he wants more drugs, and I guess he just figured she had some money for him. It's a really just a very sad situation. Yeah. But her family, along with some help, petitioned Governor Greg Abbott to grant clemency. The petition was unsuccessful, but they did manage to obtain 183,344 signatures, which I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah, and it's impressive it's coming from the victim's family, too. He showed a, a huge amount of remorse towards this once he got sober and realized, like, what had actually happened. I'm just wondering how many executions in Texas actually got stayed. Or, like, if this has worked in Texas before. They're very trigger-happy. They are. With the death penalty. Mm-hmm. I'm curious as well. That was... I tried to anticipate some of the questions that I thought you guys might ask, but didn't think of them all. Yeah, I can't anticipate this <laughs> mind. And his last words, well, he had a lot of last words. I'm going to read them because I have them. And again, this case just kind of hurts my heart a little bit because it really did seem like he, it, this yeah. wasn't intentional Yeah, because he was under the influence of drugs. But his last words are as follows. I would like to thank all of the supporting people who helped me over the years. To Mad Maddie, my twin Sonia, Angie, and all the homies, aka Money and Peruvian Queen, including Crazy Dominican. I was so glad to leave this world a better, more positive place. It's not an easy life with all the negatives. Love all my friends and all the friendships I have made. They are like the sky. It is a part of life, like a big, full plate of food for your soul. I hope I left everyone a plate of food full of happy memories, happiness, and no sadness. I'm done, Warden. Does sound a little bit like a Grammy speech. Uh, Yeah. uh, But, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, moving on, because there's more. Yeah. On June 30th of 2021 at the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville again was John William Hummel. Hummel had been having an affair with a married gas station clerk named Christy Freeze. Their affair had ended when Christy found out that Hummel's wife, Joy, was pregnant with their second child. The affair resumed on December 16th of 2009 when Christy's divorce became final. Hummel visited Christy at her work that evening, and then on December 17th, 2009, in the early morning hours, emergency services responded to a house fire at the Hummel residence. Motherfuck. Mm Mm-hmm. Shockingly, three bodies were discovered inside. 
Joy Hummel, 34, Jody Hummel, 5, mm. and Joy's disabled father, Clyde Bedford. Jesus. I think he was 63, and he was wheelchair-bound. Yeah. Hummel returned while the firefighters were extinguishing the flames. Investigators noted blood on Hummel's clothes and took them into evidence. Hummel told police that he needed to go to work, which if you find blood on his clothes, I don't know why you'd let him pull a Dorothea. And his whole family just died. Right? Why are you going? I think you can get the day off, sir. Here, use my phone. You can call them. But let's not have you leave. So he left, and then guess what? Bye. He disappeared. Ah. He's not even a cute old lady wearing nice shoes and a nice coat. I know. So autopsies had showed that none of the deaths were actually related to the fire. Joy was 14 weeks along in her pregnancy, so Joy and her unborn child had been stabbed over 35 times and suffered multiple head injuries. And then Clyde and Jody, and remind you, Jody's five. Yeah. And, and this just makes me fucking sick. But they both died from severe skull fractures. Oh, God. All three of them were killed prior to the fire. So, where was Hummel? At work? <laughs> nope. Nope. He didn't go to work. But instead, his ass fled to Mexico. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Damn. In 2011, he tried to cross back into the U.S., and then he was captured. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. On June 13th of 2011, Hummel was tried for capital murder. On June 29th, he was convicted and sentenced to death, and he spent 10 years on death row before his execution. And his last words were, Yes, when they lay me down to sleep, for I am to die for justice, the Lord my soul to take. I'll be here with Jesus when I wake. And then finally, I truly regret killing my family. Okay, I guess he said it, but... I don't know if he meant it. I don't know if he meant it either, and that, that poem's not from the Bible, sir. No, it is not. And then his last meal was unknown. So up next on September 28th of 2021, and clearly this is where my research went downhill because I don't have the location... <laughs> uh, anyways, was Rick Allen Rhodes. So in September of 1991, Rhodes was released from prison after serving a five-year sentence for car theft and home burglary. After his release, Rhodes took a bus back to Houston. So it's got to be in Texas. I mean, it's Indiana, Terre Haute, and Huntsville. Yeah. have been very active. So... Rhodes began drinking and kind of wandering around his old neighborhood, right? And he literally just got out of prison. So I don't know if he was trying to reminisce about his past life or what he was doing, but he was known for burglary. Oh, God. He did come across a man named Charles Allen outside of Allen's home. And then the two began arguing and then Charles went inside his home and it speculated that Rhodes went in after him because he thought Charles was going to get some sort of weapon or something. Why would you go in after him? If he was going to get a weapon, you go the other way. Yes, in theory. But again, he's drunk. Okay, yeah, fine, drunk. But he followed Charles into his house, into Charles's house, Mm -hmm. and then proceeded to beat Charles with a metal bar and then stab him with a knife. Jesus. Charles' brother Bradley was home at the time but was like upstairs sleeping Bradley had come down to see what the commotion was, and Bradley tried to defend himself, but then Rhodes stabbed him as well. Rhodes then took some clean clothes and some cash and then fled the scene. The Allen brothers died later Ugh. that day, and Rhodes ended up hearing about it, like, on on the news. Mm-hmm. So a few weeks later, he was robbing a school, and he was caught. And then he decided to just confess to the murders, and it said that, He did feel bad about it. It just didn't sit well with him because he wasn't necessarily violent before. It was more just about stealing stuff. Yeah, I guess so. He's a burglar, not a murderer. But now he's got, you know, two victims. So he was convicted of the murders in 1992 and sentenced to death. Rhodes served approximately 29 years on death row. 
before his execution. Uh, Rhodes declined any last words, and I do not know what his last meal was. The next was on October 5th of 2021 at the Eastern Reception Diagnostic and Correctional Center. Sounds like a hospital. We're going to call it the ERDCC for sure. For For sure. For sure (laughs) we are. For sure. Jesus Christ. For short. (laughs) And this is in Boonterre. I don't know. It's B-O-N-N-E and then T-E-R-R-E. Not a clue. Or Bonnetaire, Missouri. I don't know. I'm sorry, Missouri. But this is Ernest Lee Johnson. And this one, oh man, this one, it's a sad case. And this one is actually, there was a lot of press on this case. And there's a lot more information. But again, this is just a kind of a quick overview. Mm -hmm. On February 12th of 1994, Johnson killed three convenience store clerks during an attempted robbery. Johnson, under the influence of cocaine, had borrowed a pistol with the intention of robbing this convenience store. Mary Bratcher, Mabel Scruggs, and Fred Jones, all employees of the convenience store, were shot and then bludgeoned to death with a claw hammer. No. He moved the bodies into the bathroom and one one into the cooler and then fled the scene. On May 11th of 1995, Johnson went to trial for the three counts of first-degree murder, and he was convicted on the 19th of May with the recommendation for the death penalty. So, Johnson was born with fetal alcohol syndrome, Mm. okay? In 2008, he underwent brain surgery to remove a tumor. The surgery was incomplete and left Johnson with a part of the mask still remaining and then some pretty significant scar tissue from the procedure. The botched procedure then led to Johnson developing epileptic seizures. Was it botched or was it just a hard surgery? It sounds like it was kind of botched, Okay. honestly, when you read more about it. Okay. He ended up losing 20% of his brain tissue in this surgery. Which is bonkers that you could do that. And that he would still be... But he's still alive? Mm-hmm. With some seizures, but still alive? Like, what? Yeah. So even before the surgery, Johnson's IQ was only between 66 and 77, which falls into the category of intellectual disability. Mm -hmm. So there was many attempts to stay Johnson's execution based on the claims that one, his intellectual disability, that the execution would violate his Eighth Amendment rights, and then two, that the execution by lethal injection would cause painful seizures and lead to complications with the the execution. Mm-hmm. So advocates against the death penalty petitioned Governor Mike Parson in August of 2021, asking him to grant clemency. They weren't asking for Johnson's release, mm-hmm. but they were asking for a life imprisonment term. Mm-hmm. So they weren't saying, let him out. Yeah. They were saying, let him stay, honestly. Yeah. The petition, however, was not successful, and Johnson spent approximately 26 years on death row before his execution. But again, this case, based on his mental status and stuff, has raised some pretty big discussions and arguments about whether or not someone with intellectual disabilities would even under- be able to understand, like, what was going on. So... This brings up another question mm-hmm. for me. I know IQ is kind of wishy-washy, but I would be interested to see the distribution of IQ and execution. It would be interesting to see. I'm less concerned about his epilepsy, mm-hmm. but the uh, the intellectual disability is something. It's a question, and I think people really, they need to take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. So next up on October 21st of 2021 at the William C. Holman Correctional Facility in Atmore, Alabama, Willie B. Smith III was executed. On October 27th of 1991, Smith and a 17-year-old girl, Angelica Willis, came across 22-year-old Sharma Ruth Johnson at an ATM. 
Willis said that Smith told her to ask Sharma for directions to Crystal's hamburgers, and this was a ruse meant to distract Sharma while Smith approached her car with a sawed-off shotgun. Excuse me. Okay. Smith instructed Sharma to get into the trunk of her own car, and then Smith and Willis took her car, drove around a little bit, and then went back to that same ATM and withdrew $80 from Sharma's account. They then drove to pick up Willis's brother and then went to Zion Memorial Cemetery where Smith shot Sharma execution style. They then drove with Sharma's body in the trunk to the Roebuck neighborhood of Birmingham, Alabama, and then Smith torched the car. Okay. Willis would receive a reduced sentence of 25 years for testifying against Smith. And again, she was 17 at the time, so I don't know if that played a part in it. Smith was convicted of Sharma's death, and on July 17th, 1992, he was sentenced to death, and he served over 29 years on death row before his execution. Is this really showcasing how long people stay on death row in America? It was a question from one of my coworkers. Oh, yeah, like, the justice Mm -hmm. system moves very slowly. It does, yeah. And then on October 28th of 2021, John Marion Grant, and this is the one that was the article that sparked mm. my attention for this case. So this was the, mo- the most recent. So Grant was serving a 130-year sentence okay. for four armed robberies at the Dick Connor Correctional Center in Hominy, Oklahoma. On November 13th of 1998, he killed prison worker Gay Mm. Carter. That'll do it. It was said that Grant was mad at Gay because she had had him removed from a job in the kitchen. And then given an opportunity, Grant dragged her into a mop closet and stabbed her 16 times with a shank. Okay. Grant was sentenced in 2000 for her death. And he served approximately 21 years on death row before his execution. So not only is this like super current, but like the bigger news with this execution is that it didn't go well. Okay. So lethal injection. This was some states have a one chemical. Oklahoma has a three chemical. And I think that's the one the that you explained. The one that I talked about the most. In episode six. So again, if you don't know about it or you haven't listened to the episode or just need a refresher, go check it out. I'm not going to go into the process of it. But he was given midazolam, which is supposed to be the pain-killing anesthetic. Okay. Shortly after that was administered, Grant began convulsing before vomiting all over his face and neck. And according to a few articles that I read, it lasted about 15 minutes. Wow. Before they administered the final two drugs, which are the verconium bromide, which is the paralytic, and then the potassium chloride to stop his heart. And then after the second drugs were administered, he died about six minutes later. I'm a little surprised they kept going on that one. Well, and then also I'm like, well, couldn't they have given him the paralytic sooner? Would that have yeah, stopped just- the convulsions? barfing for 15 minutes yeah it just seems very cruel and very unusual i'm gonna say i know this makes me not super groovy i don't feel bad no but i know it's wrong based on the arguments for the eighth amendment rights and stuff i would say that's that's pretty cruel do i have a hard time with it i mean because i've barfed for 15 minutes before and i just had the flu yeah that's that's true So, Grant, his last words... They better not be, hurry up. No, well... Oh. (laughs) Grant's last words were, let's go, let's go, and then a string of profanities. Oh, Jesus Christ, I was way too on his level. I know. (laughs) Oops. Oops. And I do have his last meal, and this is... Okay. This is a big one. So... He ordered two bacon cheeseburgers with onion, tomato, pickles, lettuce, and mustard, as well as barbecue chips, a two-liter bottle of Mr. Pibb, a half gallon of Neapolitan ice cream, and a large pack of Nutter Butter cookies. Who goes for Mr. Pibb over Dr. Pepper? I don't know. This guy. Deserves it. Uh, it's not my favorite last meal. No, mine neither. 
And then there are three more executions scheduled for 2021. On November 17th, David Neal Cox Sr. is scheduled to die in Mississippi. Cox murdered his wife, Kim, on May 14th of 2010. On August 15th of 2010, he pleaded guilty to two counts of kidnapping, burglary, firing into a dwelling, and three counts of sexual assault. And in this, the death penalty was considered because the death occurred during the commission of other felonies. Okay, because I'm like, where's the murder? Yeah, but he was convicted of all these charges in 2010. And this one is actually, like, from what it sounds like, he, like, kind of barricaded himself into the home. Mm-hmm. They were having... Oh. Anyways, it... Yeah. Uh, so he is scheduled uh, for November 17th, which is two days after this episode airs. I don't know if it will go forth or not, but there you go. On November 18th in Oklahoma, Julius Darius Jones is scheduled to be executed, and he was convicted in 2012 for the murder of an Edmond businessman, Paul Howell, in 1999. Howell was gunned down in the driveway of his home, Mm. and Julius advocated for his innocence for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And they just did some DNA testing on like a rag that was found. You know, he's been declaring his innocence this whole time. Well, the DNA just came back and it was his. So Uh, is he still declaring his innocence? I don't know. I think maybe he's probably saying no comment. Ah, fair. Not fair, but okay, fine. This is an Oklahoma case, so that's also, I'm curious to see because of... Oh, yeah. Because the last two are in Oklahoma. I'm wondering if they'll postpone them until... Figure this out. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and then the final one is scheduled December 9th of 2021 is Bigler Job Stouffer II. I like slash hate Bigler. I know. He went by Bud, if that makes it any better. Oh, you didn't go by Big? No. Okay. He was actually twice convicted in the 1985 murder of a third grade teacher named Linda Reeves and the attempted murder of a man named Doug Ivins. So Linda and Doug were dating. Mm -hmm. Stouffer was dating Doug's ex-wife or estranged wife. Okay. Velva. Oh my god, Velva and Biglow? I know. A match made in heaven. So Stouffer went to kill Doug in order for Velva to collect on Doug's $2 million life insurance policy. Doug survived the attack and was able to identify Mm. Stouffer, but it kind of sounds like maybe Linda was caught in the crossfire and she ended up dying. Yeah, okay. But again, so that one is scheduled for December 9th. Again, it's in Oklahoma, so I don't know based on what happened on the 28th of October if these will be postponed or if they will go through with them. And then there were some executions that were canceled this year. So in Tennessee, two executions were stayed indefinitely due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So I guess for those prisoners, you can thank COVID. I guess COVID could get them. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Sure, I guess so. It didn't say anything else other than that, so I'm not sure. But in Texas, three executions were stayed to review intellectual disability claims. Oh. And then five were stayed due to the state not allowing the inmates' pastors to be able to be present and touch them during the execution, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And then in Ohio, three executions were reprieved due to the unofficial moratorium placed on executions because of issues obtaining the drugs needed for lethal injections. But these have been rescheduled for 2024. Jesus. They're looking out to the future. Yeah. And then Pennsylvania, one execution was reprieved due to the moratorium that was Mm-hmm. that they have. And then in Idaho, one execution was stayed by the Idaho Commission of Pardons and Parole after they granted a request for a communication hearing. I don't know what that is, but okay. that's been scheduled for November. So I guess we'll we'll see if anything comes of that. And then South Carolina. So South Carolina has two executions that were stayed by the Supreme Court because the state did not have a way of carrying out execution by firing squad. Oh. 
So the new capital punishment law in the states requires that the inmates pick between the electric chair or the firing squad. Pick the firing squad. South Carolina currently has no way of executing inmates via the firing squad, meaning that the inmates had no choice but to be executed by electrocution. I'd be mad about that too. So the courts ruled that the inmates must have the choice available to them before they can be executed. So there'll be more to come on that. My question on this one was, how do you not have the means to do a firing squad? I'll say, it doesn't sound too hard to get a firing squad together. I don't know. So It sounds a lot harder to electrocute somebody. So any listeners in South Carolina, if you know why... Your state is not capable of putting together a firing squad. Hit us up. Let us know. You just need like four people. Right? Bunch of blanks. One real. Even three. three real. One blank. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then in Nevada, one execution was stayed by a federal judge who ruled that it needed more time to determine the constitutionality of lethal injection drugs that would be used. So this, I mean, this is a common theme. Yeah. So. Especially if they keep getting different ones because mm-hmm. the regular ones stop being available. Yeah. And then there are still 45 federal prisoners awaiting the death penalty in the United States. And as of April 1st of 2021, there are 2,504 death row inmates in their respective states. I guess in um, states that have abolished the death penalty, they don't have a death row. Mm-mm. Interesting. And then, according to the National Coalition to Abolish the Death Penalty, 156 individuals have been exonerated from death row and found to be innocent of the charges and released since 1973. So, it's 156 people that were unduly kept on death row that were able to be released. And there's also a lot of other projects like the Innocence Project that work to do DNA testing and things like that. And as DNA technology increases and, you know, more of these older cold cases are solved, I mean, it's it's been really helping out their cause in that. I mean, this is the only reason that I'm against the death penalty. The rest of the vindictive, like, that part I don't mind as much. And Mm -hmm. I also don't mind that they have to sit and stew for 20 years with it. Yeah. I think for me, I just think that maybe our justice system could do a little bit better because you hear a lot about like, oh, the state attorney is trying to make a name for themselves. Oh, yeah, that too. There's politics involved with it as well. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they're rushing the case or maybe they're overlooking evidence or maybe they didn't look hard enough for evidence I don't know that's where I feel but like in the case of the first execution that lady and like what she did I wouldn't want that person breathing the same air as me I I don't feel that bad about the ones that that one were like 100% sure yeah if you know if you know you know if it's not yeah if there's more than just circumstantial evidence Mm mm-hmm not even a confession. I don't think a confession is enough, but sometimes you know that there's people, you know that there are garbage people. Mm-hmm. And I do not mind getting rid of the garbage people. Yeah. I guess I would you agree. could. I also don't mind them suffering for the rest of their lives in prison, but I think having the death penalty overhanging is a very um, psychological torture. Which I guess yeah. is terrible, but I just said that with a smile because I'm just... Because this is a true crime podcast. What's wrong? That's why. Okay, it's, there's <laughs> lots of shades of gray, folks. Yeah. Well, and I was I was thinking to myself, like, you know, they're talking about these drug combinations and the different side effects. And, I mean, even for electrocution, oh, there's... so bad. You know, there has to be certain elements that are in place for that to be successful. Even for a firing squad, right? The guns need to work. They need to have their right amount of people, et cetera, and so on. For the gas chamber or the nitrogen hypoxia, they still have to have the right amount. They have to have the right space for it. So my question is, why can't we go back to the French and bring back... You want the guillotine? Fucking guillotine. Give them a Xanax, put them to sleep, (laughs) and be done with it. It feels humane to me, right? If if they're like, okay, here's your Xanax, night, night. Oh my God, and you're like totally asleep during it? You wouldn't know. And like, the guillotine's 
there is that weird thing where they think maybe you have a little bit of consciousness for like five seconds. But but not if you were doped up on Xanax. Minutes. Exactly. Some of these go on for like 45 minutes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The guillotine's a pretty clean one. I still would like to firing squad or I like the nitrogen one. I could potentially die in my profession from nitrogen. What was it oh, called? Oh, yeah, like it as an accident? Yeah. Like, oh, no. You know, so I could die that way, not as a punishment, but... Well, please don't give yourself the death penalty on accident. I'm not working with liquid <laughs> nitrogen anymore. I'm okay, very, good. I'm very excited. <laughs> so, it's been a week, <laughs> I think, for all of us. I know this was yeah. a little extra, but... There's so many other like rabbit holes you can go down. I have like one and a half pages of sources for this, and oh, that's yay just for me. <laughs> the tip of the iceberg. I know I feel really bad. Don't feel bad. There are so many different like avenues to travel to look at these statistics and to look at you know the different advocacy groups and things like that so it really it was really really interesting to to research but again it wasn't a a total deep dive but if you'd like to hear any of these cases more in depth just let me know and I'm happy to do a more in-depth episode for you sometime in the future but and we've definitely started a conversation about the death penalty oh yeah we don't have any answers oh no oh no we're up for talking about it. Yeah, we can discuss it. It's <laughs> interesting. If you're with me and think we should bring back the guillotine with the caveat of having Xanax, let me know. I will not do a survey on Twitter about which way you'd like to be executed, but uh, think about it. Yeah, but if you want to share with us uh, or if you have a better idea. Because you're into true crime. Yeah, throw your ideas out there. If you're into true crime, you probably have thought about how you want to be executed oh yeah for sure this isn't that weird of an ask i know and then for astrology great news yay none of these were gemini's or capricorns (laughs) sorry sarah oh no so we've got two pisces two scorpios two leos watery two libras and then a Cancer, Taurus, and Aries, and a Sagittarius. So basically, just Gemini's and Capricorns are safe, and a lot of water signs. Right? Went but I was reading down. through, and I was like, oh, it's not a Gemini. Oh, it's not oh, a, God, Gemini. It's still a Gemini. It's not a Gemini. And then I got through, and I was like, oh, sweet. Hannah and I are clear. But <gasps> woof. Poor this Sarah. This week. This week. Or this year for yeah. death row executions. We'll We'll see. For astrology news, we do have the day this episode airs on Monday, November 5th, the sun in Scorpio will be square with Jupiter in Aquarius, and this is a double-edged sword kind of day, so we are going to feel very confident, maybe overconfident, (laughs) but we're also going to feel really insecure with ourselves. Hmm. So this can spell disaster and bring out the very worst in us. So it's a Monday, maybe call in sick, (laughs) stay home. Monday, mid-November. Yeah, it's probably going to be a dreary day. Yeah, it could be a rough time. And then on Thursday, November 18th, Mercury and Scorpio will be trying with Neptune and Pisces. And this day will give us some clarity to see people's true emotions and their true intentions. So this is going to be a good day to get the truth. If you can handle the truth. Maybe not. (laughs) And hopefully you're not being polygraphed by the police on this day because they would Ooh. then be getting the truth. They'd so. be benefiting by, from this one. On Friday, November 19th, we will be getting a full moon lunar eclipse in Taurus. And this is going to hit our romance sector. No, so, no. Mm-hmm. So your fling relationship, it's either going to fizzle or it's going to sizzle. One or the other. <laughs> we'll see. Well, on that note, I also have November 14th, so the day before this airs, but it's going to be here for a while. Mm -hmm. Juno enters Capricorn. What's Juno, Hannah? That's a good question that I also had to ask myself. Juno is an asteroid. 
Woo! And you, you have to do like additional check marks when you're trying to get your natal chart to actually figure out what your Juno is. It was really difficult and I couldn't do it. So I found a table as well. Maybe I'll post the table on the website if you want to know where, where your Juno is. So it's a little, it's a little obscure. Just learned about it. Apparently, actually, there's been a TikTok trend. Okay. Any of you TikTokers out there, I don't know. Juno is a zodiac sign of marriage and commitment. Okay. And this is fun. In Greek mythology, Juno is the wife of Zeus, and she was hailed for her unbreakable loyalty to her husband, which I feel like she probably should have left his ass. Yeah. But whatever. So she's responsible for the pairing of soulmates. Oh, okay. I just hear the Stand By Your Man song in my head. Don't always do that. (laughs) She's also the namesake for the month June, which is apparently the month when the most weddings take place. I believe that for sure. Um, so here we go. Like I was saying, Juno and Zeus, just kind of an asshole. So Juno can also have some influences over what you feel insecure about when you're in relationships. Okay. So, let's see here. So, Juno defines your ideal mate, whereas it's kind of related to Venus, but Venus is more about how you approach romance and relationships, and it's not necessarily working in your uh, best interest, Scorpio, Venus's Unite. So, Juno is all of those things. So, I will post the table that I found so you can look up your own Juno Mm -hmm. and then we have looked up our Junos as well surprise unsurprise my Junos in Capricorn more earth (laughs) I don't know though like can two Capricorns no they're actually very good because Capricorns aren't that compatible with most people in the zodiac so Capricorn on Capricorn is actually not bad okay I was going to say just because, you know, there's a like, level of stubbornness that comes with Capricorn as well. So it'd be like, yeah. who wins the argument? Maybe that just gets wrapped up into the relationship. But okay. I feel like Capricorns are kind of prickly standoffish with like high expectations. And so they kind of understand each other too. Okay. Or maybe you guys just like go to different rooms and yeah. you're like, I'm not going to talk to you for a little bit and then we'll come back together once we've cooled down. Actually, I like that because mm-hmm. I do not like that axiom, don't go to bed angry. Go to bed angry. Just sleep. go to sleep. Yeah. Wake up the next morning and see how you feel. Yeah. Like. You can pick happiness the next day. I'm not going to be in a very forgiving mood if you're keeping me awake. I like to sleep. Exactly. Ugh. So, if your Juno's in Capricorn, you are looking for a soulmate who you can learn from and kind of keeps you interested. And so, okay. uh, knowledgeable, they know what they're doing, and you admire, like, their stick to it They're, they're going to just do what they need to do and get it done. Okay. And so... I, I do kind of see this as well. So with Juno and Capricorn, then that would say something about how my soulmate would inspire me to try harder. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense for how I feel as well. Like, I could not try at all pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> That's super easy not to try. Yeah. So, but definitely someone that's interesting. That's, I'm an intellectual elite. Um, but like, yeah. Is your current partner a Capricorn? No, but he is a Virgo. Okay. Which is another very good pairing with Capricorn. And similar, probably pretty similar. I'll just read the Virgo one. Your soulmate's a hard worker and they motivate you to better yourself every day. So it's kind of the same type of feelings. And then you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I know. I'm surprised by this, actually. Libra? Mm Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know, because I married a Scorpio, because I like challenges in my life, Mm. I guess. Uh, But tell me more about if my soulmate is a Libra. Well. What would they provide to me? Well, we'll do men. Uh, He can be intelligent, witty, and romantic. Okay. A fan of the art of seduction. Okay. Uh, He takes care of his appearance. He knows what he wants. But once he has found the one that he wants to be with, he will commit to them. Okay. 
what he needs is for his partner to be kind of an open book so that they can be read pretty easily. Yeah, I tell everybody everything. Yeah, so, so this is fine. going out fine. And then a Libra soulmate also kind of encourages you to take time for your self-care and to appreciate the luxuries in life and whatnot. I need that. She said. Do they edit audio? Because if they edit audio, then sorry, Daryl. Let's see here. What do I got here? He appreciates the arts. Okay, so maybe some audio editing. But that's about it. (laughs) I know, I keep trying to convince uh, my husband to edit audio, but he just smiles and laughs at me. Like, goodbye. My Scorpio husband is really good about promoting self-care for me, I guess pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID. Uh, just, you know. I don't think this necessarily means that your soulmate is Libra. Okay. But having your Juno in Libra, these are the aspects you're looking for in a soulmate. Okay, that makes sense. Anyways, welcome in for Norway. Ah, yes, Norway. We'd love to hear from you, whoever's listening in Norway. And then also, if you want to send us a message and let us know, like, what's your Juno? We'd love to know. So we can be reached on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine, on Facebook at TCT Podcast. You can email us directly at truecrimetrine at gmail.com. And then check out our website at www.truecrimetrine.com. Boom. Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.